does God answer prayer? Is that what we should be telling people? I think theology's for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. Unplugged. Welcome once again. I'm Michael Patton, and I think this is theology. I don't know what this is. I'm just sitting here talking to somebody right now, and I thought that I would have a discussion with people that uh, maybe could maybe could answer some of these things and maybe have opinions. Sometimes I get confused. I mean, I teach theology. I'm, I'm stable in a lot of ways, but I'm not stable in every way. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't have everything figured out. You guys know that. I get really confused sometimes. And I can, I can get confused to the point where I am, I'm down and uh, kind of disillusioned a little bit. God, God can be very disillusioned. While, while you have the wrestling match with God, it is a disillusioning time. And then you do your best afterwards to, to make it through. And I was talking to somebody earlier that, uh, that just said just a minute ago that said that their friend was doubting God and walking away from the faith. And really her primary reason came down to that she doesn't think God really answers prayers, which was interesting because it's that's a very real thing. People have that. I have that. I mean, golly, I, how, how, how do you say that God answers prayers? Does he answer prayers? I mean, seriously, does, does God answer prayers? Is that, is that our worldview? I, and I started thinking just now about the phraseology. I don't even know right now. I'm just, I'm just here thinking out loud and trying to, trying to understand about that phrase. That is, is, is here, here's the first question. Is that phrase even in the Bible that God answers prayers? And the second question is, uh, uh, how, how does God, how does God speak about this, and what does it mean? Because she says God doesn't answer prayer, and that's why she's she's doubting the faith. And I guess she's pretty close to leaving the faith, which is very unfortunate. There's some people that doubt and stay with God and wrestle until they get back. And then there's people that doubt and leave. That's just a fact. I don't know how you fit it in your theology. I fit it into mine the best I can. Um, saying, you know, if, if people ultimately leave the faith, they weren't Christians to begin with. They really didn't believe. I think doubting is a good thing. I think having a wrestling match with these passages is a good thing. But whenever, whenever you open the Bible and you talk about certain passages, like like there, there's five, well, let's see, we got five here, five separate passages in the Gospels that talk about Christ answering prayers. And I know you know this because it's such, it jumps out at you. It's such a, it's such kind of an exciting verse when we first read it, if it were true. And it's one of those things that, how do we interpret this? You know, the Bible is authority. The Bible doesn't err, but at the same time, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. That's That seems to be mainly about seeking God and his forgiveness and getting into his circle of grace. So, yes, that's, that's a lot easier. I'm not saying that whenever you read this for the first time, that's where you go with it, but I'm pretty sure that's where Christ is going is that, He's, you know, you stand, he stands at the door and knocks, and he, he's waiting to 
have fellowship with us if we're Christians. He's we stand at the door and knock, and he will always open it to us if we're not Christians. But Luke 11 says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seeking you will find, knock and it will be open. Once again, John 16 24. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. How about me getting my microphone? How's that? Okay, you, <laughs> you can turn your you can turn your headset down. <laughs> um, John sixteen twenty four. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be full. Now there we go. That's a passage that's a little bit different, a little bit harder. What does that mean? Because I've looked through. The reason why I'm sitting right here is I've looked through the Bible. And I, I'm not saying I've seen everything. I've read through the Bible many, many times. I, I'd like to think I know it pretty well, but I could be wrong. I mean, I could be way off. But I don't know of anything that says that God answers prayer. So I'm going to look and see if that phrase doesn't mean it's not there, but I'm just going to look and see if that phrase comes up in any of my versions. So let's just put a couple key words. Answer, prayer. Let's do that first. Nothing. Let's just put I, that, that word answer. Maybe it's the word answer that I'm having trouble with right now. Does God answer prayers? Because at that point, it does seem like you'll always hear from God. And I know what we normally say. We say, um, God sometimes says no. I understand that. Uh, but if, that's becoming to me in some sense a cliche answer if I, as I see it from the outside. I'm not saying just because it's cliche is wrong. There's a lot of cliches that are right. But at the same time, it's I don't know that it comforts a lot of people and helps a lot of people in these positions. Does God answer prayer? Is that what we should be telling people? Okay, let me just put answers. I'm looking through Bible works right now. So I've got, uh, you know, lots of different options to be able to look this up. I'm just trying to, if you guys can think of any way for me to find, or if you know a passage that says God answers prayers or something with that, you know, he answers us in our prayers in the context that we're trying to say it, you know, that whenever you sit down and pray to God and you ask for something that, that he answers us, you will know the answer. That's kind of the idea is that you will know it's him. He will make it evident to you. He answers, not just saying his voice. I'm just saying things happen that will make you know that he was listening to your prayer. And sometimes we pray and we just don't feel like he's listening to us. We, we pray and he certainly doesn't answer it in the way we want him to. He goes in a completely opposite direction. And sometimes it feels like he's playing with you. It feels like it's just, it just feels like, you know, he, sometimes you're, you're wrestling a lion. You're, you're getting beat up. You're getting, you're getting wounded quite a bit by him. And, uh, I've been through that. I know what that feels like. I'm halfway there right now, but I'm looking for God answering prayers. And, uh, I don't see anything here. Uh, except for us answering back to God, Luke 11. Let's see what this says. Uh, from the inside and from inside, he answers and says, do now. It's just, I don't see this phraseology. And again, that's the problem I have right now is the phraseology. God answers prayers because some of this other stuff, whenever we're looking at it, whenever we're talking about God and our interaction with him, like, uh, it says, um, you did not choose me, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you would go bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask 
my fa- the Father in my name, he may give to you. And then John 16, just one chapter later, it says, in that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. John 14, one chapter before the last one, John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then next verse, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I mean, it's very clear here. And so I think that's kind of where we get this from. I mean, there's some other passages, of course, there's some other ideas, but the phraseology that is out there is that God answers prayers. And that's the question I have. Is that the phraseology we should be using? Does it mislead people to say that God answers prayers? I don't know anywhere in the Bible that it says God answers prayers. Again, I could be wrong. I don't mind being wrong. I'm not up here to to, uh, present anything that I figured out. I'm presenting something that I'm scratching my head over. So if you know of anything saying God answers prayers, how does God answer prayer? What, what does he, what, what does that mean if you say that? I've said it before, so I'm not saying that it's something that, you know, never said before. Um, God will always answer your prayer. Maybe that's what I might say. God will always answer your prayer. What do I mean by that? What am I saying? Am I, am I misleading people in a, in a very direct misleading way that is going to run them right into a wall because here I'm sitting here saying in the context that we usually say that God answers prayer in that context, I don't know that God answers prayer. So I'm not sure if that's the phrase we should be using. If you know of any place where it says God answers prayers like that, using that phrase, because that's what we use. That's how we do it. It's kind of like asking Jesus into your heart. We talk about that a lot. And I don't have as big a problem as that with that as some people do, but I do understand the problem. I mean, there's nowhere in the Bible that says we are to ask Jesus into our heart, but it becomes the primary way in which we become Christian. How is that? How is it that we have come up with a phrase that is maybe the most important phrase we tell somebody who is a who is an unbeliever that we are trying to evangelize them with how does that get into our repertoire how is that in our in our um uh in our uh, most important things that we tell people uh ask Jesus into your heart but we do it we do it and so then all of a sudden we have a situation where it's kind of a folk theology situation where people are living their lives believing that either this prayer had magical powers and Jesus is living in my heart and that's kind of the way it is. That's all it is. It's not something more. It's not something bigger. That prayer itself was a magic prayer or is just all that God is calling for. Um, and again, I, I don't mind you saying, ask Jesus in your heart, as long as you're explaining everything else and that you know, he did not saying he actually comes into your heart. You're just, you're just making Christ. You're trusting Christ for what he did on the cross, recognizing you're a sinner and asking him into your life. The, the heart part is just, you know, an emotional thing, uh, that we throw in there, but I don't know of anywhere it says that, but I also don't know again, back to what we're talking about here. I don't know anywhere where it says that we, uh, God answers prayers. I know he, does in a general broad sense, he hears our prayers. It does say that. It does say in the Bible that God always 
here's our prayers, except for, you know, hearing in the context of, of, um, there's there's a context of hearing that God does where he's pleased whenever he hears it. And then there's a context of hearing he does where that he's not pleased. And sometimes whenever in the Old Testament, especially, it talks about God not hearing people's prayers. It's not as if he can't hear them anymore. I mean, God hears everything. He knows everything, knows everything we've ever said. So that's not the context. And so uh, I know he hears our prayers always. But when we say he answers prayers, we're usually talking about that in the sense of saying, he will do it. He trust in the power, kind of this magic power of this prayer as if we've got something like, like asking Jesus into our heart, some new, something new in our repertoire of power that we, we can do. Prayer is powerful, but it's powerful because of the relationship with God that we establish is powerful because it changes our lives in the sense of any, uh, we're, we're having communion with the creator of the universe. We're not there to say, God, give me this, give me that, answer my prayer type thing. We're there to have communion. We're there to have relationship. We're there to do what we were built for and and uh, uh, be be saturated in God and who he is. I mean, it's, he's the, it's the God-shaped void in our heart. He is the only one who fills that. But it, I don't know of anywhere where it says God answers prayers. Whenever it says right here, these passages in John that I talked about, it says, ask anything in my name and I will do it. I I, I, I understand. Here, here's the thing that I want to say first is that that does seem like it's saying whatever we ask that he will do. Okay. Basically, what, what, if you become a Christian, whatever you ask Jesus will do, what God will do. And on top of that, God can do it. So it will be done. So asking, we've all tried this. We've all done it. This is part of understanding. Last time I talked about the stage of truth. I don't know if you were able to listen to that, but uh, our experience helps us interpret the Bible. I mean, I can tell you, I have done a million times. I remember sitting in my bedroom uh, whenever I was a kid asking God to move a screwdriver, I remember exactly. And I was mad. I was saying, you, you can do anything. Why can't you just move the screwdriver just a little bit? Then I asked him to turn the lights on and off. And I really wanted him to, and I would really wanted confirmation. We've all done that. You've done that. Uh, if you haven't done that, I, uh, you, you're very unique. Um, you know, or, or you're not a believer, but, uh, we've all done that. We've all tried this. Okay. Lord, in Jesus' name, move this screwdriver, right? And then what do we do? We wait for it and wait for it. We, we punch the magic button. We said the magic words, abracadabra, in Jesus' name, and it didn't work. But yeah, the thing that I think that we're failing to understand, at least about these verses, is yes, they're very true. But I don't, I think the whole idea, the difference is in this, is that we don't understand what it means to come in the name of God. First of all, we gotta we gotta bring up this situation. I just talked to my sister about it, and she brought up a very good point, Christy. And she said, "I said, um, well, wait a minute, John the Baptist. You know, look at him sitting in prison. I, I'm sure he didn't want to be there, and he probably asked to get out. You know, he he didn't he he probably prayed a prayer. To, I'm not saying he did. I don't know. I don't think he wanted to be there, and he was very scared. I know that." And he began to question his faith. I know that. But I also know he's the greatest man that ever lived because Jesus says that specifically. John the Baptist is the greatest man who ever lived. And here he is while, while Jesus is saying that, doubting his faith. What a 
crazy, crazy, yet wonderful thing for me, maybe for you too, because it shows us our faith does not have to be perfect. And uh, maybe it won't be perfect here in this life. And we're just joining the crowd. We're just joining all of the rest of us around the world, around history who have struggled and wrestled with our faith. But here he is. He didn't get out of prison. He got his head cut off. Uh, but most importantly, and this is what Christy, my sister said, she said, what about Jesus sitting in the garden and praying that this cup passed before him, this cup of suffering that he get? Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen to him the next day. And here he is in the garden and let's apply this verse. You ask for anything in my name, I will do it. Well, Jesus, you couldn't even get the father to do anything. He couldn't, he couldn't get rid of your of your uh, of the plan of redemption or change to alter the plan of redemption he could not take you out of that suffering you drank that cup even though you asked not to drink that cup and what a powerful thing that is so yeah, whenever i look at that i say okay wait a minute these verses there's something missing there's got to be either they're wrong you know, Jesus is saying this to other people, and then a few days later, he's over there trying it out himself, and it doesn't work, or we're interpreting it wrongly. Now, I'm not at all ready to say they're wrong, because there is a there is an interpretation here that we have to look at, and I think it has to do with in my name, because he says, whatever you ask in my name, if you ask anything in my name, uh, let's see here, whatever you ask of the Father in my name. Uh, and that day will not question me about anything. Truly, I say to you, ask the Father anything in my name. So in my name has been added here, and it becomes this whole different. I'm not sure how they read it. I'm not sure how they understood it, but I think they understood it better than we do because we don't understand the idea of coming in the name of someone. What does it mean to come in Christ's name? Maybe in the uh, back then, you think of it this way, they would come before people would come before other people and come in the name of their kings. People would come, prophets would come before the kings in the name of a God. So you're always, whenever you're doing things, it's the authority. It's the authority of, in my name is the authority of, the reputation, maybe even a better, better way to put it, but just the reputation, meaning the name of, in the name resides everything that person is and everything that person does and everything that person plans. And it's just all of that rolled into one. It's a reputation type thing. It's a big reputation. So if you ask for anything in my reputation, if you ask for anything according to who I am, I will do it. Doesn't That changes it a lot, doesn't it? It's not. It's not a magic formula at the end of a prayer. In Jesus' name, or, you know, please, Lord, turn these lights off. Okay, okay, let's try it here. Let, let me do it real quick. Lord, and I'm asking, I, I really am asking, Lord, would you turn my lights off that are right above me? Okay, it didn't happen, right? You can see it. Okay, let's ask a different way. Lord, and I'm asking for real. I'm not just joking, okay? I'm talking to the Lord as well. Lord, if you are real, in Jesus' name, turn the lights off, please. <laughs> Maybe please was the magic deal. All right, he didn't do it. So you can say, Michael, you weren't being sincere. Michael, you're not a Christian. Whatever, you can do whatever you want. But in the end, I say that I wasn't asking in his name. That was not according to who he was. That was not according to his will. So therefore, 
these passages don't really say God answers prayers. I think it's best to say that God hears prayers. God always hears your prayers. And then you leave it in this anomalous zone of God's will, whatever he's going to do. Because truth, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to trust the Lord. We're trying to believe that he knows best and that he is, he is in charge and he knows what's going on. And we, he knows the plan. He knows the path. He knows how to get where we need to, he even knows where we need to go and we don't know. And so it's turning ourselves over to him. What did Jesus say in the garden? Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass before me. That was basically praying in the name of God. It was the same thing. If it be your will. And it's basically handing things over to him. It's not saying don't have a wit. Do not have passions of your own. Do not have desires of your own. Do not bring these before me. I think we should. Jesus knew. He knew. I'm telling you, he knew that cup was not going to pass from him. He was going to suffer. It's not as if he was sitting there at the last minute saying, man, I bet you I can get out of this if I just say a good prayer. Or maybe, just maybe, there's a loophole for me to get out of this. He knew he could not get out of this. But at the same time, he asked. He talked to God. He's in. He's he's being himself in the middle of God. He's showing his emotions with God. He's he's having a relationship with him, and he's asking, even though he knows that it cannot happen. And I'm not saying we we don't know whether God can do these things. We don't know whether God will do these things. We don't know whether God will answer the prayer in the way we want. But I don't think it's best to say the phrase, he answers prayers, because that implies that he will do what he wants. It's kind of like saying uh, it's a magic formula, that uh, saying in Jesus' name or something like that. God hears our prayers. He doesn't answer prayers. He, he hears our prayers. He does according to his will. Our prayers, we do our best to hand our prayers and our will and everything that we are over to him and trust in him to do what it is that he will do. And then we'll be able to move mountains. Why? Because it's going to be his will to move mountains. It's going to be his will to be able to do miracles. But it's his own time and his own plan, his own agenda. Now, again, we pray. we pray according to his will, but we also pray for what we want. I wanted that light to turn off, but it wasn't his will. Okay, so we submitted over to him. Nevertheless, Jesus said, let this cup pass before me. If it be your will, let this cup pass before me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That's it. Not my will, but your will be done. And so he always will hear our prayers, but it doesn't mean he will He will concede according to our desires. And so I don't like the phrase. I don't think it's useful anymore. I don't think we should use it that God answers prayers. That is my thoughts just for a moment. I'm sorry about the microphone problem at the very beginning. Hopefully this worked out okay. We will discuss. Discuss, please. I want to see I want to see your comments. Please subscribe, discuss down here. Let me know what you think. I will read the comments, I promise wherever you put them at. No, I can't say wherever you put them at. If you put them at YouTube and probably at Facebook on Michael Patton, Facebook, uh, rather than Credo course or Credo house or Camaro theologian, I got lots of places, but this is coming through in a lot of places. YouTube, go to Credo house, YouTube page, 
and uh, discuss this. If you want to find this in all the old live broadcasts that I don't always push through a regular pod- podcast, go to Credo Courses at YouTube and then go to videos and then click on live and you'll see a long stream of live videos that I have done. Sometimes ones that I've started and tested and haven't deleted yet, but um, okay, that's it. Uh, he will do what he will do. He is who he is. Theology 